back to another edition of the Parrot Podcast. This week, I'm joined by Birdie. How's it going, lads? You're back from uh, your stomach ills? I mean, you know, I had one dodgy Chinese meal, had the barley belly, and we, you know, we beat Souths. We signed a West Tigers player. Like, what's going on? Barley belly from China. <laughs> well, Would it be Beijing I'm, belly? Uh, well, yeah, Beijing. Well, I don't want to say the COVID, you know, the Wuhan bat suit, whatever it was, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. What's going on? All right. Well, I've, I've got a story about some um, some stomach ills, but we might save that for a little bit later. 40. G'day, fellas. How's everyone going? I'm going. And Ham? Yep, still here. And your host, Hamish, back for another podcast after our victory over the over the Rabbitohs, uh, 36-16, which played out last Friday night. Possession stats, let's start. Sorry, that boop-boop noise, that was just about on and off uh, my microphone. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, thought I, I thought I was getting, you know, listened to by the FBI or something, you know. All that <laughs> no, my bad. I was just putting on mute and then taking off mute, but obviously it creates a sound, so I won't do that. <laughs> possession stats, 56% possession we had. We had an extra almost eight minutes in possession. We completed uh, 78% to the south, 70%, 32 of 41 sets. Uh, we outgame them by 400 metres. We uh, had an extra post-contact metres, six line breaks to five, 29 tackle breaks to 20, uh, an extra 60 um, kick return metres. Average playable speed, again, over four seconds, which is quite incredible, um, to south 3.2 seconds. And then let's get down to two force dropouts to their one, that one coming off that crazy gutho um, stop. Effective tackle percentage back up at 90%, which is fantastic. It had been down in the low 80s recently. Uh, ineffective tackles, we had 10 to their 27, and missed tackles, we had 20 to their 29, uh, with South having to make an extra 60 tackles. 11 areas apiece. We only considered the one penalty to the South 6. They had one inside 10, which was the only one for the game. Uh, each team using uh, eight interchanges. It says that we didn't use a HIA, but I'm pretty sure we did. Um, yeah, Andrew Davy was 100% a HIA, but because he failed it, I think I think he got credited with the interchange, right? Oh, uh, is that right? Because they can't come back on it. Yeah. 15. Good point, good point. And you have to lose at least, is it two this year now before you can bring in? Yes, two, two HIAs before you can in, invoke the 18th player. Which is insane. Yeah. It's absolutely I, insane. If you lose a player, you should just be able to invoke the 18th man. Yes, I agree. Yeah. And it's not, it's not as if... Teams are going to be like, all right, 18th man's going to be an absolute gun. <laughs> Why would you just be playing top 17? Top 17, exactly. Yep. So it's, not a, it's not a tactic teams can use. So, so Bertie, um, we heard that you had uh, tipped the Eels 60 points to nil. Um, you were the closest out of all of us. <laughs> <laughs> How did you like the, the game on Friday, Bertie? Did you make uh, it out to, to Elian's or Dillian? Oh, I, I made it out to my uh, toilet. And back. That's the furthest I could go. Um, <laughs> listen, still better than Leichhardt, by the way. Uh, <laughs> I just want to say, like, I don't know what it was. Maybe it might have been, like, Junior Paul, Junior Paolo realizing its origin in a couple of weeks. But, you know, he put the foot down and ran forward. Like, he didn't, you know, pretend to be a halfback. It's like as if he realized, hang on, I'm 120, oh, sorry, 115 kilo plus wrecking ball. Let me just throw my body around and, you know, bash the south pack up. And it just... The, you know, I know he lost that one-on-one strip against Latrell, which it didn't look too good. But it wasn't just—it wasn't no hesitation. Like it seemed like our runs were like it was a clear message: just go out there and you know, as Ham says, complete the set, direct, you know, run straight. Essentially, like there was no hesitation at all in the defense, on, in the offense. Sorry, and 
Yeah, um, even though South's got a couple of, like, you know, soft tries, um, we, we, you know, our errors were down. Like, it, it's like as if, they, as I said, they finally clicked and they were sick of losing to South Sydney. So, yeah, was, I was super happy. Um, but yeah, it's pretty good. Good result. Might have to start eating dodgy Chinese meals every week now. Do it for the team. <laughs> Get the honey prawn and fried rice out. <laughs> oh, I, I, I hope I ordered chicken and I hope it was chicken, but it could have been rat. Who knows? <laughs> wow. Um. <laughs> <sighs> how do you how do you, how do you go on after that? It's a tough act to follow. That's for sure. Yeah. I might as well go. I, I the whole game I was nervous. You know, even even after Dylan Brown scored, I was like, oh, South can still score three quick tries in what, what was it ten minutes or something like that. I was like, I still had that mindset. <laughs> oh, no, Tao's going to score three tries and we're going to lose. It's incredible, like... How mentally broken you can get sometimes yeah, in these matchups. especially against South Sydney. Yeah. Like, and, you know, because um, the, the way they scored their, their tries and especially ending that first half, like, uh, I, I, I saw a few people blaming Bryce Cartwright for that defensive decision rushing up Back on Cody Walker. He, he was on... He was, it was two on one. Like, that, that was the marker not pushing across fast enough. And then they get the kickoff, and then they chance their arm down the left side, and then they make a break again. And I'm like, no, you're kidding. We played so well, and we're going to go into the break down. And then, yeah, once Campbell Graham scored, I thought, oh, no, that's floodgates open. But much like the Cowboys' preliminary final last year, we knuckled down. Junior put the pass away. It's incredible. He put the pass away and just charged into the line, dropped the shoulder, uh, carried four defenders it seemed at times through contact and mm-hmm. come out with 200 metres off 18 runs. Like that's, that's what we need, Junes. We don't need, we don't need the ball playing. We need the 200 metres off 18 runs every week. That'd be fantastic every week. More of that, please. And 40. Yeah, well, I thought we played so well in that first half and like Ham, it was such a sucker punch to have them score just before halftime and then very nearly double it up. Uh, with that breakdown at our right edge. And when they kicked in field, it felt like there was about three quarters of the South Sydney team around the ball. And I think it was just Josh, uh, Josh Hodgson coming back uh, in support. And uh, Hodjo was, uh, you know, struggling to get there. And we managed to survive. And that was huge. But then after half time, you can see that try to Campbell Graham. It just felt like far out. Here we go again. You know, we, we put ourselves in a position here to actually compete. And then all comes apart because we didn't count numbers. And then Hodjo, of all people. I mean, I suppose he did it last week as well against Canberra, but forced to kick pressure on Ilias, gets a ball out in the fall, and suddenly the Eels are back in the contest. And yeah, they just went set for set for set for set. And then when Dillbag scored that Billy Slater-esque try, unlike you, Ham, I actually breathed a sigh of relief. That felt like it was the knockout blow. So they they did a tremendous job uh, going down two players against the form team in the competition here. Andrew Davey concussed in the first five minutes. Uh, thereabouts, and then uh, Maddo, I think it felt like it was the first defensive set. After half time, he just tweaked his calf, and they managed to pull through. The middle forwards were tremendous. Uh, you mentioned Junes, uh, big Wirimu, Woody, he was outstanding. Uh, just kept putting his hand up and refused to, to go backwards. Uh, on top of that, we saw Jermaine Hopgood have an outstanding opening stint at lock forward, and then uh, while his numbers didn't get pumped up because he got shifted out there, but did a good job defensively on the edge. Uh, Bryce Cartwright continues to dazzle He had another, another very good game And then Ogden and Makatoa came in and did their jobs Except for that one defensive play that you mentioned Ham, Where Maka got caught As the trail marker not getting across But in general they did their, their jobs fantastically So 
what a really encouraging team performance. And yes, it makes you wonder where this has been in other games. And again, as we've seen in the last couple of years, the Eels will play up to the good opposition in the competition, but then you know sometimes miss the mark in those other sort of mid-tier games. But considering our recent history against South Sydney, considering the injuries we sustained in this game, considering he was unavailable going into this game, uh, it was a tremendous effort from every single Parramatta Eel on the night. Yeah, you're not wrong. And I have to say, um, back on Josh Hodgson, that was probably his best game in uh, first grade for the Eels uh, so far. And playing 50 minutes, we'd been calling for probably taking him off at about the 30-minute mark and giving hands the 50 minutes. But he, he seemed to be a bit fresher going through this match. That might just be because we had all the possession, um, which we did in that first half. But um, those effort those little effort areas and there was a fair few players getting up for those little effort areas whether or not it was Josh Hodson pressuring the kicker which forced the, the ball out on the full um, our line speed was just a bit better our kick chase was a bit better um, and then I thought our um, movement off the ball uh, when we were in attack was a lot better you know you had a couple of players in motion at all times uh, which just kept South in two minds throughout the whole of the match and those are those sort of you know those one percenters that we'd been missing for I think the majority of this season, but for a couple of those standout games, you know, when we blew Bulldogs out of the water and Newcastle out of the water. But um, the the return of Mitch Moses back into the first grade after sitting out that week uh, had a marked improvement on the team. And I think the injection of Sean Russell on the wing, I think that's that's certainly where he played the majority of his football at wing or fullback coming up. And I think that's his preferred position uh, in first grade. And um, I have to say, even for that first try, if Hayes Dunster was there and it's not putting the mock on him, because um, he is coming back from a completely shredded knee. I don't know if that try scored because I just don't know if he can keep up with the pace of that play down the right hand side. So yeah, um, that, that that that's that's you know a lot of people say that Moses on based on the first kick, but if he's going short side in the first attacking set and it comes off, that's when you know Mitchell Moses is on because it, it's 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 pin perfect that play. It was was it three on three or was it three on two? Was I misremembering? No, it was three on three. Whatever, because as soon as that winger makes that decision to turn his hips and come in, bang, the ball goes out to Sean Russell. Well, it's also a, a testament to how good uh, Will Panasini's been this season, that he attracts two defenders, and you get uh, Sean Russell on the outside there. Uh, but then over on the other uh, edge, Bailey Simonson, he's been a revelation at centre in the last couple of games there. That's Bailey at centre is like a really good first-grade player. Bailey Simonson on the wing, don't want to hear a, don't want a bar of it. It's, it's that um, Drake meme. <laughs> uh, and then another player, especially in the first half, and um, uh, an Indigenous player himself, Jermaine Hopgood, he, he was um, just at will, offloading, uh, punching holes up the middle. Um, there was that one run where, you know, he just kept going and he, he ran for about 30 metres before they brought him down. Um, but unfortunately, he couldn't have the impact that he did in the second half, having to switch to the second row and being stuck on an edge. Uh, but I thought he filled in admirably there for somebody who's been playing in the middle for the majority of the year. Yeah, absolutely. Like he's he's probably still getting used to the rigors of week to week first grade. You know, he's played all games this year. Well, he's pretty much doubled his uh, first grade tally this year. So I reckon once you see him hit that fifty game mark, he's going to have those games that we saw from him in New South Wales Cup, but in first grade, he's going to be touching the ball thirty times plus. He's going to be having one hundred and fifty meters running each week. He's going to be forty plus tackles. Offloads galore, passes galore. I reckon we're going to, you know, because you just got to still get used to the rigors of first grade and the the intensity of it all. But once he does, 
he's going to be some player. We need to make sure. I know we've got him wrapped up for an extra year, so it's a three-year deal. We need to make sure we're adding three on top of that because he's going to be he's going to be the best forward in the game. Yeah, probably unfortunate not to get a call up to the Maroon squad, but um, you know he's going to be around for a while, so there's plenty of time for him to um, continue to progress and and earn a rep jersey, which I'm sure he will uh, in the future. Um, right. Well, uh, there yeah, that's a blueprint. That's that's how you win. Just do it, I'll just do it again. That's all. <laughs> Simple as that. that. <laughs> um, and, and I guess the the big thing now is to replicate that when you don't have as much ball as we did on the weekend. Um, so replicating that in games where you can have 50-50 possession or if you're even going to be down on possession, um, which we have won those games in the past, um, whether or not it's been this year or last year, but it's something that you know we really need to push forward through with. Well, what was Moses uh, kicking for this game? Because 12 for three... 12 for 377, you know. I'm not too sure what his uh, average is, but that's that would be low for Moses, I reckon. And it just goes to show that, you know, we hold the ball. We don't give away penalties. We're going to make metres with the ball in hand. We, you know, we're not so reliant on Moses kicking. So when when we do drop the ball and we do make stupid uh, penalties, give away stupid penalties, that's when we need to um, bring out the kicking game. Yeah, and I guess another thing on the back of that, which uh, we've touched on recently and something you've touched on, Ham, uh, is the back five. Um, I thought their work out of trouble, their rucking was so much better this week, and it just relieved the forwards to then go on a rampage thereafter. Um, That's certainly something that they need to continue to do going forward um, if we're to replicate that success of um, last Friday. Yeah, look, you know, my my main target was Sivo. I'm... I'm over that. I think I said it last week. I'm over Sivo's rucking. I understand where Micah is, but as long as we get the same rucking from Penasini, we get the same rucking from Simonson, and we get it from Sean Russell. If those three, if Bailey can be, I think he made 17 or 18 carries this game. Sean and Penasini had about 15 each, I believe. If we can get those numbers out of those guys, we can just leave Sivo to his, um, you know, one big run targeting a dummy half or. Uh, finishing the tries, which, you know, he does pretty well. All right, any other words to add to this, boys? That was probably the least Klein-like refereeing performance we've seen in a long time. I don't know so he, many go. Yeah, He's getting himself ready for Origin. Oh, that's what I was going to say. I don't think it was so much a reflection of Brad Arthur's blow-up the week before, more so him getting into Origin form, because it felt like an Origin whistle, allowing a lot, a lot of stuff to play through. And we, we got the bulk of our penalties at the end, it felt like, uh, which caused that 6-1 blowout on the penalty count. Well, two of them would be the Liam Knight one where yeah, he's just like he was an laid idiot, all and over. Idiot and then back chatted, yeah. So. And then the back chat would be two. Yeah, so really you make it 5-1 there. Highs as well, so. Yeah. And they should have given away one for when um they dragged Micah over the sideline. Yeah, well, that was, that was a bad stopped. call, wasn't it? it was, he was definitely I, I, tackled on the ground. I just want to get your guys' thoughts on this one because I thought at the time, look, Junior should not have gotten the ball stolen. We, we, he should hold the ball in those instances. But should Latrell have had five attempts at raking the ball? They seem to allow a lot of leeway, and especially in circumstances where it was held up. Um, again, consistency. It'll be different every week, unfortunately. But Strictly speaking, Ham, once Latrell, because there were times where Junior's feet were off the ground, strictly speaking, the tackle was completed at that point, yes. And, you know, they usually let it, if you say forward momentum, I've seen players moving forward, they still called held. Um he couldn't get an offload away. He was he was a sitting duck, and they and Klein just allowed him to be a sitting duck again. He shouldn't have had the ball stripped. 
you should be able to hold onto the ball one on one. But like, it's the same when uh, players are trying to score tries. Like, they just give them all the time in the world to put the ball down. It's it's the onus is not you know it's on the defense to like hold him up for ten seconds. It seems like at points. I mean, it would have been interesting. Let's just say if Junior goes to offload, would have Klein said, you know, no, go back, play it. Like, I don't look. It looked like as if he was trying to like hang on for dear life. And look, I can probably you can probably make the argument the ball arm didn't touch the ground, but it was up there for like an eternity. And it's just um, you know, Latrell once again playing by a different set of rules and whatever he can do. You know, like even when um, who was it? I think it was a uh, one of our players got taken out or something, and he threw um, and he threw like Sean Russell you know off him and pretty much tried to start a fight. Like Latrell just has a bit of a leeway where he gets away with a few things, even a bit of you know high shots. Or even like you know shoulder charge, you know he gets away with a fair bit. So, oh, I mean, speaking of getting away, Cody Walker, yeah, pull no, to the face yeah, of Mitchell Moses. Exactly. Yeah. I, I gotta say, Bailey Simonson was letting Latrell know about it when he scored that. <laughs> he turned yeah. out and gave it to him. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess that's what we sort of talk spoke about in the preview was um, getting under their skin, letting them know about it, um, which is something that Penrith have done really well in um, the last couple of seasons in their run over Souths. Um, and I didn't think we, you know, there was a little niggle here and there, but I thought it was played pretty much. Um, it was pretty clean. Pretty Most of the game was pretty clean. Yeah, at the, at the end, we saw the old Cody Walker habit slip out. But in general, it was just a good, fast game from both sides. Agreed. Uh, oh, sorry, I just, uh, you reminded me, Birdie, there when uh, Russell got flung over the sideline. Our right side, we always seem to, no one wants to seem to take the unders run. Like, we always want to seem to play the overs line there. Either either Will or Russell really needs to come underneath a couple couple of times because that's why we're running out of room there. And you know, Will, big fan of Will, love Will. I reckon he's future captain of this club. But there's times where he puts his winger under a lot of pressure with it with a pass. And I think if he or Russell need to come underneath just every once in a while and have that middle have that uh, cover inside defence, just keep them honest because if you do it early on. They'll think that you're coming underneath, and then that's when you can all play the overs line there and get them on, beat them on the outside. It just, there's just a couple times it throughout this game. I thought, boys, you need to run the unders there. Get you're going to get smashed. You, you're going to get smashed. It's simple as that. But you need to take the hit, and you need to set up for later on in the match. That's I th- another think criticism. With Will, I have. He relies on not relies, but he likes to use his in and away you know footstep. Like he did it to even um, Jared Croker last week, and even Alamotti a few weeks back. Like. He's got a good step, and with Russell, I think he just relies on his in his pace really realistically. So yeah, maybe yeah, as you said, you know, mix it up a bit. At least keep the defense honest. It's even the same thing with like if Mitch kicks early on tackle three along the ground. That way, the 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 winger uh, doesn't have to rush in. You know, just just keep the opposition honest. Don't it's like that meme. Don't let them know your next move. You know, so yeah. Well, we'll wrap that up there. Let's move over to reserve grade. Uh, which saw the Eels prevail 26-16. Ham, did you get down there early enough for this one? I did not go to the game at all. I was watching at home. <laughs> there, well, there we are. Um, <laughs> I swear there was somebody down there in the chat. Um, but this was to be the last game for uh, Brad uh, Brad Arthur's son, rather, <laughs> Jake Arthur, <laughs> uh, in the blue and gold, um, scoring a try in the 60th minute um, and really kicking them around the park. And given the the change of the, the lineup now that he's been released... Um, I don't know if our reserve grade is going to be going as well as it has been recently. You know, I was watching the highlights of this game post news about Jake leaving. And it made me really sad because it's just like a kid that grew up loving this club can't, you know, 
there's obviously other factors. I understand there's other factors with Moses signing, still signing long term, and you know he he deserves he he's earned a path to first grade. But you have these sad sack humans that have the audacity to call themselves fans. I'm going to blame. I'm purely going to blame these people for Jake leaving. I don't care. There's other factors. I do not care. It's irrelevant. He could not finish his development years at the club that he loves because some losers think it's all right to it's all right to criticize. We all criticize. That's fine. But the targeted attacks on Jake it was absolutely disgusting. And it, you know, it's a young kid doing his best. You know what? He's not up to first grade standard at the moment, but he's probably the best current halfback in reserve grade. And now we don't have a reserve grade halfback. If that was, if he didn't have the last name Arthur, the whole fan base would be ropeable about this. But we have some, as I said, sad sack humans that think it's all right just because his last name's Arthur and he had a few poor games. Shock surprise, a 20-year-old halfback isn't an immortal in his first 10 games of first grade. Neither was Dill Brown. Look where he is. Where was Mitchell? Who was Mitchell Moses' first 10 games? I... Uh, Penrith supporters were saying Nathan Clue should be playing hooker in his first couple of years because he had minimal vision. Like, you got to let these kids develop, and there's people expect so much from from youngsters. It's it's degrading and disgusting. And I, you know, I hate that I'm going to say it, but I hope you know, I hate Manly, but I hope Jake, I hope Jake plays well there, and it's going to be a disgrace on the Parramatta fan base that Manly fans are going to be treated better and it's going to make Manly fans look better than us. Fucking, it's gross. Yeah, well spoken there, Ham. And just on the back of that, 20 years old, and um, people forget because we're, we're so far through it now, but he lost two years of development through the COVID lockdowns. Um, that's two years of, of football when he's, you know, 17, 18, when real prime years coming into first grade. Uh, where he should have been learning. And I thought the the plan to knock him back to New South Wales Cup as opposed to have him on the bench as a bench utility this season was probably the best for his ongoing development. Um, but he's still got room to uh, continue to progress his game and whether or not that's going to be as a halfback or whether he can develop into you know somebody like a Madison if he can fill out that frame as a, a middle forward with some ball-playing skills or a second rower. Um, or I don't think centre's probably not his long-term deal, but... You know, something, something in that other mould of, um, of of a second row or a um, lock. Um, but, you know, good luck to the kid. I hope he does really well at Manly. Um, fuck Manly, but I hope he does well over there. Um, and for the, the vitriol from some of our fan base, it's a disgrace. And you've got another um, Arthur coming through, Matt Arthur, who... It's Matt, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the young hooker. Um, you better not lay the same shit on him because he uh, has a lot of upside for a young hooker as well, and he's not there out of nepotism. Um, he's earned his way coming through the grades, and he's going to earn his way into flag, and he's going to earn his way into reserve grade if he sticks around at the club. Um, but on the back of his brother, I'd, <laughs> if he's going to cop the same level of vitriol, I would, I would have Matt go and succeed at another club. Yeah, it's really poor form. Makes you, you know, I was listening to hate to bring up other podcasts, our rivals. But bloke in a bar, and you know, they're saying Eels fans, and, and it, it it makes me real sad that we're painted with the same brush. And I, I understand why, because it's a lot easier to say Eels fans. But I'm painted with the same brush as those losers. And 95% of the crowd didn't boo Jake. They didn't put that vitriol on Jake. I remember after the Canberra uh, final last year when Jake went off, that whole uh, crowd as he was walking along gave him a standing ovation. Like most people 
liked the kid and understood where he was coming from and you know where he could potentially go. And unfortunately, a small section of cretins couldn't see that and just decided to throw shit on a young kid. Um, all right, well, back to the results of the reserve grade, uh, which saw Rankin going over, Lumi Lumi with the double, Jake Arthur and Jaden Yates all getting over the stripe. Um, but South, they were running pretty low in this competition. So um, let's move to the Jersey flag. This was a game you did get out to Mascot Oval. You were a good boy and you didn't go and get yourself a, a nice little sweet treat after the game. No, I did not. I, I probably deserved it after standing in the freezing cold, but <laughs> I, I decided not to. <laughs> and, and dealing with a loss as well, uh, which saw Sam Loizu getting a double and Matthew Komalafi also getting a double. Uh, but all of the action was in the first half, and then uh, the Eels dropped their, their bundle in the second. Yeah, it coincided. Um, I know that it said that um, uh, Loizu got a sinbin. That is untrue. He was concussed. Um, so South did not score when we had a player out. Uh, with Simbin, it was, he was concussed. And uh, Ethan Sanders also injured his hand. I thought it was thumb at the time, but it's obviously a hand injury. Um in that first half, and that's when, you know, before that, that left side, they were they were carving them up. I think Sanders put two through line breaks and uh, went through himself. Um, and, yeah, then Nickel Ratherall also got injured, so it was it was really dire. At one point, we had uh, Nick Lenars playing halfback, Jonte playing edge, Jock Brazel playing wing, and Richard Penasini playing... Uh, Jock Brazel playing centre, sorry. Richard Penasini playing wing at one point, so... It was really dire on that left edge, and um, you know, with it's good that they've got you know, in one way, the inexperience of these SG ball players uh, playing these tough games, it will make them stronger, and it's probably why they lost was the inexperience. But it's good to see the club pushing these kids up uh, again. They've earned this spot, so winning an SG ball competition is not easy. Uh, they've earned this spot. They 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 deserve to be in these. Uh, to be, to be in these positions, and I think a few of the Jersey flag boys uh, have earned their position to go up in the New South Wales Cup, which unfortunately they haven't got yet. All right, well, that wraps up the round that was then over into the news. So we'll start first with the additions to the RLW squad, uh, which saw us announce Shante Stowers, Madeline Jones, Talisha O'Neill, Kyra Simon and Kelsey Clark all are coming into the team. Uh, with another four development players to be added. Um, so having a look at that, a lot of these uh, players have um, played in the Harvey Norman Women's Premiership. And Talisha, she's returning to the NRLW after representing the Gillaroos, uh, playing for the Blues, and also playing in Rugby Union. Uh, Kyra played for the Newcastle Knights uh, in the NRLW in 2021 and also played in the Indigenous All-Stars. Uh, with Kelsey also uh, playing in the Harvey Norman Women's Premiership. Um, so all good additions. Uh, and unfortunately, we did lose uh, a good player that we had last year, which was Tiana Penatani. Mm-hmm. was under contract for this season, but I understand she'd been uh, motioning for a release to go play for Cronulla, who she plays for in the Harvey Norman Women's Premiership. Uh, so it's unfortunate that we had to let her go. I'm sure we would have preferred for her to play this season, but uh, sometimes things don't work out the way you want them to. Indeed, mate. It's uh, part of the business, isn't it, unfortunately? And it, sometimes it swings in roundabouts. Sometimes you lose the player. Sometimes you gain the player. Uh, 
that's exactly right. But there is some great additions there. But um, looking just uh, on paper, it looks like the Roosters and the Sharks have the best squads uh, coming into the upcoming competition. But we're still a while away. I do like um, the job the Eels have done, actually. I think despite maybe not getting the high-profile talent uh, that the other clubs might have, I think they've done a good job building their roster out this year. So probably like more spread of talent rather than being top-heavy. Uh, next, uh, we already touched on Jake Arthur. He's gone to Manly Seagulls, effective immediately, and named in their extended squad for this week. He might come in and start. Um, and then there was an addition to the Eels squad, which uh, at 3.59pm <laughs> uh, saw the West Tigers release Joe Offerhen Galway to the club uh, immediately on a mid-season transfer, and then he has two years after uh, this initial year as well. So... Uh, Timing couldn't be better with Ryan Madison also suffering an injury on the weekend. Um, and we thought it was likely that uh, we might lose uh, our lock forward, Jermaine Hopgood. Uh, but that's not to be, um, given he hasn't been called up to Queensland origin. But we expect Joe to start uh, as uh, a prop this weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he'll be running alongside Wiramu. So Tongan International and has played for Queensland in the past, 160 NRL games. Uh, and he scored, well, he should have had a double on the weekend, but one try uh, at the West Tigers last uh, weekend. Um, a bit of a shame that uh, it took so long to, to finally hash that out, but uh, I think that might have just been uh, some certain figureheads over at the West Tigers being salty little bitches. Yeah, yeah I think. being petty. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and also, can we, can we not nickname him Joffa? I, uh, yeah. I don't know why it really grates on me, that nickname. It's Joe. Um, Joffrey Baratheon. I, I was, oh, I was yeah. thinking, you know, uh, Offa could be taken by Offahiki Ogden. So I was thinking um, Gowie. We haven't had that as a nickname yet, I don't think. So we could have Gowie. The big O. Let's prefer Joe O. Joey O. Smoking Joe. Get a cup of Joe in ya. Yeah. It's a bit long. How about just Jay? Jay? Oh, it's so much. The Jay Joffa. It, 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 it literally, it's like... When Penrith fans call their uh, that sent Critter and Bizza, oh, it's just I don't know why, Gross. but there's something about those names that just like makes my skin crawl. So please, no more Joffa. We're going J Joe Smoking Joe something something other than Joffa. And then two last bits of news, which saw a Junior Paulo selected for Origin, which we expected, so he won't be available for selection this weekend. And Michael Cronin inducted into the New South Wales Rugby League Hall of Fame. Are we going to talk about origin at all? Or don't really care? Uh, I'm indifferent. Yeah, well, I guess the the main talking points are, I guess, Ponga dropped and um, the weird selection of Freddy's. Of um, <laughs> 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 a certain Bulldogs forward who probably has played about 20 minutes of good football this season. <laughs> you, you know what I also found out? Apparently, um, Toto is playing left wing and Adokar is playing right wing which is completely opposite to the wings they play in their club games. It's just more... Um, <laughs> it's insane. It's insane how, that, how he is... That Ryan Reynolds uh, gift, but why? Yeah, truly is. I, I You know, I, 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 I'm not a big fan of State of Origin anymore. I, I find that Freddie picks Penrith Roosters and now evidently Bulldogs players because um, they're his favourites. Well, TPJ just, played a couple of games for Penrith, so he's, he, he, he sneaks in. He sneaks in both. In that way? Um, so, yeah, I'm not a big fan, but fuck, I really hope New South Wales gets smashed. <laughs> and, that, and speaking as someone born, bred, raised in New South Wales, like, I hate all the players that they've picked. I can't, or not all of them, 
I like one. I love one. Love Jude's. But I just, I, I, I hate that they're representing where I was born. It's so grotty. Uh, I like to go out to the game at um, Acor Stadium, uh, which will be game three this season. I've already got the tickets ready to go. Um, yearly tradition to go out there with a couple of mates, uh, old man and brother. Uh, so um, I can get around it when I'm there. But outside of that, you know, who really cares? As long as Junior does not get injured. Correct. No more injuries, please. Uh, so no more news. Let's jump into the previews this upcoming round. Kellyville Park at Kellyville, 2.45pm on Saturday the 27th of May, which will see the Eels taking on the Storm uh, in the Jersey Flag competition. So having a look at that, as you touched on, Ethan Sanders' hand injury. Uh, John Tate Jr. Betham Mesa is out. Is he named for... Cup. Cup. Yep. Um, he was named for Cup last week, wasn't he? Yeah, he played minimal minutes. Same okay. Jock Brazel, so I think they, that's why they played Jersey Flick a couple of days later. Um, Nikau Rathol is also out. Sam Loizu and William Latu. Um, but there's a couple of familiar names there. Um, do you reckon Matt Komalafi is going to get a... I don't know why he hasn't been called up to reserve grade at this point when, you know, as you touched on, you've got Chris Tupu on one wing. Um, Josh Mendick at centre. Zach Sini at fullback. Yeah, I, you know, I praise the, the club for promoting SG ball players to Jersey flag. But, you know, even if you don't see Komalafi as a first grader, Chris Tupo is not going to be a first grader. I do. (laughs) (laughs) The the royal you, not you. (laughs) Or maybe you, the listener. Um, I've been pumping his tyres since that. (laughs) Was the the Harold Matt's grand final against Manly? Yep. Where, you know, he took the ball back and almost won us the game. Um, Yeah. But, yeah. Joshua Minhinik is not going to be a first grade player. What you know? At least Komalafi's twenty one years old. Like he's got something you might be able to work with. Chris Chris Tupo's got you know fair play to the fellow. He's obviously worked hard to get up to a, a reserve grade level from Ron Massey Cup and Sydney Shield. But we've got to look for first graders. We're not here to win Jersey Flag premierships. We're here to make first graders. That's the whole point of development. I'm so sorry, I'll just jump over to the ladder, which saw uh, the Storms in the same position as us uh, with one less win. So, I'm sorry, they're one position below us uh, with one less win, but with the same amount of points as they've had. They've had three buys. <laughs> three buys already, wow. <laughs> Who else has had three buys? The Dragons have had three buys too. Um, they've got a negative three differential while us, we are a po- positive two. Um, okay. Yeah, you know, we really should be winning this game. Yeah, you look. You look at the the strength of that team. Sam Tulvadi's been getting better each week. He was really starting to bump off players um, in attack. I hope Penasini can can um, play first game at centre. He's played his past few games out on the wing. I think he's a very good centre. I also think he's a very good winger. Uh, Saxon Pro, love Saxon Pro. That that back row, 11, 12, 13, Big fan. Big fan. Run hard. Tackle hard. No nonsense players. Love them. And then in the knock-on effect, New South Wales Cup uh, played as the curtain raiser to first grade, uh, which will see the Eels in eighth taking on the Bears in first position, 5.40pm at Combank Stadium. Uh, So as uh, we touched on, Jake Arthur's out, which then sees Dijon Arcee move to 5.8th, Jordan Rankin's move from 5.8th to halfback, Zach Sini's move from centre to fullback, Hayes Dunster on one wing, Chris Tupu on the other, Isaac Lumi Lumi and Josh Minhinik at centres, uh, which is a big uh, shake-up there. Um, the Bears team there, they're 
they have some players affiliated with the Roosters, right? But they're not just a Roosters feeder team. No, they're their second one at the moment. So, yeah. And then um, they're signed on to be Storm's New South Wales team next year. Is that right? Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Um, yeah. The Bears, first position, uh, doing pretty well on the ladder. They've won nine, lost two. Uh, points differential uh, is plus 87, uh, whereas the Eels is negative 70. So it might be a tough day at the office for the boys here. Yeah, look, it's uh, not not going to be pretty, I believe, looking at these two teams on paper. Look at the team like for the Bears. Like I don't watch much New South Wales Cup. I just look at the team list, that's it. But there's not there's not many of any um first grade experience from the Bears team and how like how are they like coming first? Like does that prove that you don't need first grade experience in a reserve grade competition to win? Like have we been doing this the wrong way? Like I the only one I can think of is Fletcher Baker and uh, maybe Zach Doc Clay. Yeah, but I like... think it's like the Jets where these teams have an identity surrounding them. Like I don't, I don't know what it is, but they, they seem to play well when they put on those jerseys. Like it's like they've got something to prove. Whereas a lot of other teams, when they've got reserve graders, I'm not saying it's just Parramatta. I think it's a problem across the board with the perception of reserve grade. It's not a way. Ah. Oh, I've got to force my way into first grade from here. It's, oh, I'm biding my time until I get into first grade. Whereas the Bears and the Jets, funnily enough, two teams winning this competition, for some reason, they've just got this, they've got a, a loyal fan base behind them that do support the Jets or the Bears. They'll go to North Sydney, they'll go to Handsome Park, and they'll support them. And, and the players just seem to play well. I don't know what, I, I couldn't tell you what it is. I've no idea why. But also Jason Taylor's their coach. I think he's a, you know, Pretty good tactical coach. Let's go to first grade. 8 p.m. Friday, 26 May at Combank Stadium uh, on 9, 9 now KO, Foxtel, uh, etc. Um, boys, are you getting out there for this one? Yes. I'll be there. Birdie. Oh, I've got, uh, got a birthday dinner that night, but I'll probably be at the Leagues Club watching the game. Parramatta Leagues Club. Yeah. Depending on um, how the dinner goes and, yeah, if I don't have round two, but... Uh, why don't you just yeah. walk out of the game then if you're going to be that close? <laughs> oh, well, the, dinner, the dinner won't finish till about probably like 8.30 or some shit like that, you know, so... Yeah, walk across for the second half, but... Oh, yeah, I might do that then. You reckon yeah. I'll, I'll just get a general admission in the back seat and I'll be all right. Team <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> list. Scott Drinkwater at fullback. Kyle Felt and Robert Derby comes in on the wing for Cowboys. Zach Labart, Peter Hiku in the centres. Ben Hampton, Chad Townsend in the halves. Jordan McLean, Cohen Hess are the starting props. Reese Robson at nine. Luciano Leilua. Um, I don't think he'll be booed as heavily as he was uh, at that West Tigers game last week. <laughs> Gillen Lukey in the second row with Jake Gramble at lock. Then the interchange is Jack Jetski, uh, Finafuiaki, Jermaine Tanua Brown, and Griffin Neem. And then the extended bench Mitchell Dunn, Brendan Elliott, Sam McIntyre, Thomas Duffy, and Jason Taumalolo. I think we're all expecting Taumalolo to return to starting lock here. Uh, probably pushing one of those uh, players on the bench. I'm not quite sure who will make way for him. Yeah, we'll wait and see. Uh, then for the Eels, we have Clint Gelson at fullback, Sibo and Sean Russell on the wing, Will Penasini, Bailey Simonson in the centres, Dill Brown, Mitchell Moses in the halves, William Greg. And Joe Offerhead Gowie playing his first game for the Eels in the starting props. Josh Hodgson at nine. Bryce Cartwright and Matt Dury makes a return from injury straight into first uh, starting second row with Jermaine Hopgood at lock. 
Then the interchange bench, we have Ophahiki Ogden, Brendan Hands, uh, Debutante Luca Moretti, Makahesi Makatoa, also on the bench, Dijon Arcee, Hayes Dunster, Kai Rodwell, Jack Murchie, and Isaac Lumi Lumi on the extended bench. Um, Boo, before we get into you, uh, Ham40, what can you tell us about Luca Moretti? Yeah, he's uh, been one of the few consistent performers, I think, for our reserve grade team, Ham. Uh, he's been mostly deployed through the middle, lock forward, or prop. Has spent some time on the edges in in uh, sort of uh, patchwork situations where he's been caught upon to fill a hole. Uh, but yeah, good work rate. Uh, is capable of an offload. It's not a huge tool uh, for him, but he is capable of slipping an offload. But yeah, just works really hard. Runs some pretty uh, pretty good lines. Uh, and yeah, just a, a guy that will go in there and do the job. Yeah, you know, I think uh, Luca was unfortunate last year with so many injuries he sustained. But this year he's come out with a bang. Um, the thing I like about him is he plays fast, but there's no backward step with good him. He's like speed. a yeah. He's like a Regan Campbell Gillard, Murata near Corey type where you won't get too much skill, but oh, when I say skill, like there's no subtlety in their game. I suppose you could say for for like a better term, but what they're so good at and what makes them so hard to defend is because they would constantly come at you. And it will be the same thing every time. They'll target your shoulders. They'll run right at you. And because of their size, it's just it's going to be a, a bother. So, but as we know with the way BA likes to debut players, five minutes I'm expecting for Big Luca. Yeah, so we're expecting five, ten minutes, maybe if yeah, about that stint near the end of the game. Yeah, I, I reckon so. I, you know, if it's more than ten, I'll be very surprised. Um, Birdie, what do you like about this matchup? Cowboys coming off an absolute shellacking out like Hart Oval, 66 to, what was it, 12? 18. 18. Um, which, if it was to be believed by the Leichhardt Ovals after they got to the scoreboard after the game, it was 69 nil. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, I, I don't know what I like. I, I'm a bit I'm a bit worried. This is a banana skin game. Like, if you told me um, beginning of the season, like, come or come this round, you know, we'll have a starting, we'll have no one in the pack, like no Reg, no Junior, no Lane, no Madison. I'd be thinking, geez, we're top of the table and they're in Origin camp. But I don't know what to make. Like, I'm, I'm confident we're gonna win. But I, I've, like, I never heard of this Robert Derby guy of Derby, however you say it. Like, um, Jake Granville's at lock. Like, they've got so many holes that we can, you know, or so many weaknesses. But you know, it's just one of those games where, like, you know, we said in the in the review for the South game, we play up to our opponent. Like, I just, I can see this is this has like, you know, Trap City all over it. I'm worried, dead set about this game. Um, and you know, the typical Parramatta way is you back up one week, and then the next week, you know, against a lesser opponent, you you know, you do you play shit. So, you know, if I'm Brad Arthur, I'll be saying last week meant nothing if we don't back it up this week. So. But um, you know, I can see. You know, I, I have faith in Will. You know, he he can tear this tear this game apart. I can see him scoring a hat trick, or I can see him getting locked down. So I'm a bit I'm a bit nervous, I'm a bit worried about this game. Forty, you on the trap game? I don't think trap game. Um, but I think it's I think it's the para game. Uh, you know, yeah, we're down on troops. So are the Cowboys. But it's just mentally how we approach this game. Uh, go out there and play some good tough football through the middle. And you know, give yourself a platform to make those opportunities out wide. And I think the Cowboys there are to be beaten, uh, to be beaten and beaten well. Uh, you look at that back line. I think their issues in the back line match up pretty well with our issues in the forward back in terms of being that far from full strength. So if you can get Woody and the Cardi and Hopgood leading the you know band of our uh, backups and and sort of our hopefuls through that middle, 
uh, yeah, I'm pretty confident we can play some good football and, and rack up, maybe not rack up a score, but just get a good win. Ham? Yeah, look, it's a, it's a tough one. It really is because I look at one to seven and we blow them off the park one to seven, especially with their two debutants. Like, I'm looking up now. I've, ne- I, I've got to be honest, I, I try and keep an eye on young players. I've never heard of Robert Darby or um, what's his face? Zach Laybutt. I know Kyle Laybutt, who's, who played for uh, uh, Papua New Guinea. I'm just looking at Robert Derby's numbers here. He's a, he's a meter eater in, in reserve grade, but, you know, in, in a first grade game, how much does that translate? We don't know just yet. Um, but then I look to 8 to 13. I think I think they've got it over us just slightly. But then the bench, I think, we've got them. Even with Tamalolo coming on, um, we just, we've got to come in with the same attitude. I, I, I think we will. I think we will. Because that pack was the one that basically beat the Bunnies. Um, Myers Jr., but you add in Offhangawe and um, Luca Moretti. So, you know, maybe we can pinch a few the cheat sheet from the Tigers. Maybe Joe Joe can um, let us know what we have the Tigers demolish this team. I guess the other factor is here. Um, obviously, the last matchup, twenty four twenty over the Cowboys in the finals, uh, grand final qualifier last year. They'll be looking for revenge. Um, there's a fair few players that were in that team uh, that lost to us up at their home stadium. Uh, and the game before that, uh, they showed uh, that they could pull our pants down, uh, which was 35-4. to four. That was up in Darwin uh, last year, um, essentially with a similar team. Uh, Peyton uh, Wast, I don't think he's got the best out of this team this year. He's certainly shown that he can coach this team up. Um, and they have had some wins uh, this season. They they beat the Roosters, I guess, is their probably big scout. But then again, I guess if you look at the form line of the Roosters, it's not that great. When they've come up against good competition, they seem to have lost. Uh, but I think you guys are all right. Um, really need to be up for it again this week after last week. Um, and when you've got your starting uh, spine out there, uh, there's absolutely no excuses for us to lose this game, uh, especially with the outs that the Cowboys have. Uh, you know, they're missing... Uh, some of their best players there with uh, Tuolungi on the wing out, uh, Ruben Cotter, one of their forwards out, Tom Dieters did in there, 5 8 out, and Val Holmes, their strike centre out. Um, although, I, uh, after the way that Valentine Holmes was given a bath by uh, Star Lord last Star. week. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> what, 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 what luck does the backup have against Will Penasini? Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, there's so many outs for the Cowboys here, four of them. Uh, we really should be getting up for this game. We should be winning it, and we should be winning it well. Uh, it's whether or not this team, as him, I think you said in the preview, we're going to, if we beat the South, we use it as the, the linchpin to sort of go on and progress the rest of our season, take the confidence out of that game, uh, to pick up a couple of these wins in this winnable string of games that we have coming up. Uh, so hopefully we can do that. Um, it's just a matter or not. Uh, a matter of if this uh, team can get themselves up mentally for the game, which they should be able to do. Um, but that's been their downfall this year is just when a couple of those things haven't seemed to gel, uh, we seem to lose those close matches. Uh, but really, we should be putting it on here and getting it out of reach in the first half and then really hammering it home. I think for this one, we need the fans out there. You know, this will probably come out tomorrow. But if you're if you're available, if you're within walking distance, I don't know, you need to be at the ground. Yeah, well, I'll be working in the city on Friday, but I'll be catching the train out in time to get back to go to the stadium and uh, get out uh, your, your long johns, your woolies, because uh, it has been freezing three three degrees yesterday morning, four degrees this morning at Parramatta. Um, well worth uh, rugging up in time for Friday night. 
What was the what does the weather say? What does old bomb say? Cold? What? Sorry, no. Nah, I just said oh bloody cold. Oh <laughs> I thought you said gold. I was like No, nah, I, I, I said I said I said, you know, I used a bit of expletives, but um then I realised we're PG rated <laughs> show, so I'm pretty sure we've sworn so many times on this. Oh Thank fucking you. cold then. <laughs> Parramatta, so minimum 10 degrees, maximum 18 degrees, uh, with a high chance of showers uh, in the middle of the day, clearing during the afternoon. So with that cloud cover, it won't get as cold. Uh, but if it's going to be clearing later in the day, uh, I still reckon it'll be pretty chilly uh, about kickoff time at 8pm. All right, Jens, we'll uh, pre... Uh, sorry, Bertie, first try score, eventual score. Uh, I'm going to go first try score. I'm going to go our mate Joffa. <laughs> oh, uh, you just you just off, you just had to, didn't you? You just had the, to. Off Bizza Cartwright um try assist. <laughs> and then the Mazza, Matt Dory uh no, Mazza, that yeah. that's where I wouldn't use Mazza. Maserati. No uh, uh, look Mazanoff. <laughs> legit I legit think um I'm gonna go Will uh Will Penicini first try score, but I, I think um you know, Brad Arthur said like this. You know, he even said this untapped potential of you know Joe Huffingawi. So I, I can see him not so much doing ball playing, but like um, you know racking up the offloads. You know, him and Hopgood together. You know, that could um be a handy um uh, duo. Like they could pretty much terrorize um the Cowboys. So I'm gonna see Huffingawi. You know, plenty of touches of the ball and um a, a positive debut and uh full time sorry full time score. I'm gonna go para 28 Cowboys four and uh, yeah. Um, yes, I'll go. It's been our wingers last couple of weeks have touched down first. I think it was obviously Russell last week and then Mike of the week before. Um, let's go one in Bailey Simonson making a real fist out of that left center position. And then, yeah, I'll back us into a pretty healthy win. Um, uh, 30 to 10. Yeah. yeah, I'm going Will Penasini first try scorer. I'm going Parramatta, Parramatta 32 to the Cowboys 24. Run for me. I have him cracking his duck egg, duck egg rather. A big Wiramu Greg. He's been firing up the last couple of weeks. He's ready for that first try in the NRL uh, against his former club too. That's right. Played all of his juniors against the Cowboys. Uh, for the Cowboys rather. <laughs> That'd be pretty. Playing against club. And I'll have us winning 26 to 10. Um, I think this is a game where we should be able to get healthy. Uh, as you guys touched on, uh, whilst the Cowboys have a lot of their starting uh, forwards, that pack got rolled by the West Tigers pack last week. And whilst Stefano Tuikamanu has uh, been making leaps, and obviously they've got one of the best hookers in the game at the moment, um, I think our pack, even as depleted as it is, should be able to get over uh, the top of the Cowboys on their showing from last week. And we just have that class in the back seven to really uh, ram it home. All right, well, we might leave it there. Um, I hope to see you all at the game at 8 p.m. on Friday night. Uh, another primetime game as we love them this season. And uh, rug up for Friday night. Hopefully we can enjoy it. Catch you, boys.